You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. Happy game day. We're finally back to real basketball games. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. I'm one of the hosts of the show, Tony East. I cover the team for the Fieldhouse Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News. And we finally made it through All-Star break. We're not talking about mailbag stuff. We're not doing a mid We're not doing some mid-season award stuff. We're done with the hypotheticals and the this and that. We're talking about real basketball games and not All-Star games. I'm very excited about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Knicks in our second segment here today. Uh, we're going to look ahead at the second half of the season at some key games and some back-to-backs and stuff like that. And we're going to catch up on some news because there was some from today and some just kind of in general over the break that got a little bit, not necessarily glossed over, but uh, they just weren't really a, a, a subject matter until today. So that'll be fun. A reminder, this episode is brought to you by the terrible people at Yahoo Sports NBA who decided to dump on Indianapolis. Uh, on Twitter, I'm just kidding. This is not sponsored by them at all. Just wanted to jab at their stupid post. If you haven't seen it, they deleted it. They basically made a fake video dumping on Indy saying they should move the All-Star game next year. It was terrible. They deleted it, and I wanted to vent about it right here. Anyway, let's talk about some news. The first one is a big one that didn't really get talked about uh, much. Casey Johnson uh, of NBC Sports Chicago. So, whoa, where am I doing here? Reports the Bulls are are considering shaking up the front office, and one of their guys they're interested in is Pacer general manager Chad Buchanan, not Kevin Pritchard. Chad Buchanan, the guy right under him. Uh, Buchanan and Pritchard have been tied, though, for a bit. They worked together in Portland when KP was in charge. Uh, Buchanan was there. He did some scouting stuff, and he's very analytics-y. I don't know if he necessarily did analytics, but he is that kind of mindset. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Bulls can pull him away. Um, Buchanan was the assistant GM for the Hornets before this. He only had a short interim stint um, as like an in, a decision maker with uh, Portland. So I wonder, and I think this is the case with the Bulls, though I'm not entirely sure, but I think they're keeping one of the two of uh, Paxson and Foreman in their front office, and then Buchanan would, um, would work with. I think Paxson would stay. So I think it'd be Paxson with Buchanan. I'm not sure if Buchanan would... Keep, take the same job on the team. I have no idea. This is all just conjecture. Um, just to move to a different team and still be in the same role, especially because he's worked with Pritchard so much. But uh, that's something to monitor because it does seem like uh, you know he's a pretty high candidate there. Um, looking very intensely to, to, to get someone. Casey Johnson called it, quote, a top target from a source. So uh, be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. Uh, always interesting to see what happens if the front office shakes up uh, and what the Pacers could do. Um, in terms of actual players, uh, they for this Knicks game, the injury report is interesting. Uh, after the All-Star break, the 530 official NBA injury report has TJ Warren is questionable with a sore back. No idea if that's something lingering from before the break or that came during the break. Um, it, I don't know if TJ Warren's got like chronic back problems or anything, but it could just be like he slept wrong or something. You know, It's probably nothing, um, just something that popped up over the course of the break, and they've been practicing for two days, so... It's unfortunate, but you know, Nate never brought it up in practice. It's not really a thing that's been discussed. I highly doubt it's something that keeps him out of the game. Edmund Sumner, also uh, questionable with a sore hip. Uh, same commentary from me. Just probably something that popped up over the break, not anything concerning or to worry about. Although with Sumner, it's different because he's the guy that's been getting the inactive um, end of the deal with the team fully healthy. 
uh, which is very weird to me, by the way. But that's a topic for a different day. So Sumner and Warren apparently dealing with a little tiny bang-ups, and they play team plays every other day for the next 10 days. Um, so that's just something to monitor, you know, if they get hit in the wrong way. It seems like there's a lot of freak injuries with the Pacers this year, some friendly fires, some cut eyes, things like that. Um, uh, maybe we'll see them miss a game or something, but hopefully not. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing, but still something to monitor. Uh, but then the big one coming out of practice yesterday, uh, pretty much every reporter at practice dropped it. Jim Aiello is the first guy I saw it. Uh, it's fun to see Jim Aiello's name still popping up with Pacers news every once in a while. Uh, Victor Oladipo post all-star break that, that annoying old minutes restriction is gone. Um, so that healthy starting five, will see the full rotation in full effect. Uh, who knows how many minutes that is? Although, I mean, if you're if you look at Oladipo in the past, it's something like 32 to 34. Um, just given how the Pacers do things with their starters, how good he is, things like that. Uh, I'm all for that. He's ready to go. Seems like his body is responding well to treatment. If that's the case, you know, I know that was why they had the reservations and the minutes restrictions before. So good. Uh, it seems like he's ready to to take on this load. Although McMillan did add that. There will still be no back-to-backs, which is an interesting definitive statement. Not because I think that's wrong. I think it's a fine choice. You know, it doesn't. It's only there's only three more back-to-backs, right? It's not a huge deal to have a worse chance in three games the rest of the way. But they're, they're all of them are over a month away. The first one is starts on March 21st. Oh man, I just pulled the schedule up and I somehow don't have it for me. Uh, the next one is until the 21st, and they're both home games against the Heat and Cavs. So you got to think maybe you, you try to play him against the Heat and win both of those. The next one's then March 29th at Sacramento at Clippers. Either one of those is tough, if he plays or not. And the last one is at Miami at Boston back-to-back, which maybe seating is on the line at that point. So it's interesting they declared it so early, but I'm again, I'm very for resting him and making sure he doesn't have any re-aggravations or anything like that. So that is good news. Uh, I think that he has lost the minute restriction and – it's just normal news that he's not playing back-to-back. So that's just a thing to monitor. But um, if I had to guess, I would just guess he plays the front end of all of them. It just makes the most sense then. Uh, he has the most days to respond to the prior game. But who knows? Maybe they do choose a matchup-y thing. If they think they can win some of these games without him, they'll pick that one. Um, with the first, I, I, don't, I don't remember if I saw this set or this was just speculated by people, but... Remember, with the Raptors-Pelicans back-to-back, he didn't play the first game, or he played the first game against the Raptors and then didn't play the second game, but T.J. Warren played the opposite two games. So I I think people were wondering if had Warren had played the first game if they would have flipped those, but who knows? No one has an, a, a definitive answer on that. So we'll see what comes of that, but very cool that uh, the minutes restrictions gone for him, and we'll see what comes of that. So there we go. News dump complete. We're all caught up uh, on where the Pacers are at right now, and it is time for a basketball game, let's talk some New York Knicks. Ah, the Knicks. We always talk about the, the Knicks stink this, the Knicks stink that. And when you know it, the Knicks beat the Pacers in Banker's Life not uh, three weeks ago. So maybe we shouldn't speak so lowly of the Knicks. Although I will say a big thing that happened in that game is in the fourth quarter, Marcus Morris was unstoppably good. He was hitting all his rising up mid-range shots. He was hitting spot-up threes. Um, he was really deadly. He finished with 28 points. Marcus Morris now is not on the Knicks. So they are a worse team than the team that the Pacers played before the trade deadline. The Knicks shipping off Morris for Mo Harkless and some assets, which is a good deal for them. Uh, Mo Harkless is quality, uh, and they might buy him out anyway. But 
he's quality and can help them for a little bit before they buy him out, a la West Matthews last year, and they got some nice assets in form of um, a first-round pick and someone whose name I can't pronounce who was the first-round pick of the – or excuse me, I don't remember uh, exactly what they ended up with. But they got a first-round pick now. Um, so good for the Knicks, but that makes them worse, and it changes up their lineup. So we can look back at that game and see some other stuff that worked out, and one of those things is Julius Randle. Julius Randle had 18 rebounds. That's what worked out for him. A lot of Julius Randle in this game – uh, was him just bullying his way into the lane. And no matter who was on him, Sabonis, Turner, Warren, they tried all these forwards. He would just slam through dudes and bowling ball his way into the paint and just knock guys over and then chuck up a shot. And he made some of them and missed some of them. He actually shot pretty poorly, but I don't think his percentage is super indicative of his play because he got a lot of his own rebounds. He finished with 18 rebounds. So he was pretty deadly attacking the basket, getting lineups like that. Todd Gibson, when he was in, was really good. He shot five of six. Uh, and they got some good three-point shooting from wings, despite not getting generally good shooting from anyone. That's why they only had 92 points. So the Pacers' D was overall okay, but they got killed by a lot of front court guys and the next week in their front court. So that's something to monitor. Um, but also, they're not going to play as bad. Let's be honest. They shot 42%. They shot 13 of 21 from the free throw line. That they, I mean, that that will all get better just naturally. And they were working through some Oladipo kinks this game. He himself was two for fourteen. That will be better. It's reasonable to assume that just law of averages alone, even with the same Knicks team as before, the Pacers would win. And now they're worse. Um, the last game the Knicks played before the All Star break, they played the Wizards. Their starting five was Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, Taj Gibson, Julius Randle. So no Morris there. Um, also, Alfred Payton is questionable, so who even knows if he plays? Uh, and then their bench was Frank Nelikina. They had a six-man bench, it appears. Frank Nelikina, Kevin Knox, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, Mitchell Robinson, and the aforementioned Harkless. So they'll be working guys in. Uh, they'll be a little worse, though, and I think that caters well to the Pacers, right? They, they don't ha- The Knicks don't have the guy who can actually put together a one- or two-dribble move and score. They don't have that deadly, I think he's top ten in the league in three-point percentage knockdown shooter in, uh, in Marcus Morris anymore. Still have some shooters, but I think uh, that's going to behoove the Pacers, obviously. And I think they're going to have to target a little bit more of those wing matchups. They're going to have to focus on um, point of attack defense and not letting Randall get into the lane. And Morris, obviously, was getting into the lane. Damian Dodson had a few nice moves. they got to clean up the wing D on one end. And on the other end, the, they'll have to be a little more targeting with their own wing play. Warren, of course, this was the game he did exit with a concussion, but he only had five shots in 23 minutes. Jeremy Lamb shot three of seven. Oladipo, obviously, 14 shots, only two makes. They just have to get more from uh, McDermott, one for five from deep. They have to get more from their wings in this game because the Knicks play some slow-footed vets and some young dudes inside. There are ways to exploit those matchups. They play a lot of young guards. There are ways to exploit those matchups. A lot of it is just veteran know-how and skill. On the wing, though, they ha- they have some actually like normal in their primish time NBA guys between Randall Dotson uh, and Harkless. So the Pacers just have to get a little better play from from one, you know if one of Lamb, Warren, Noladipo is better, that's probably enough. But if all of them play how you expect them to play, it's hard for me not to see a Pacers win. Right, they they just have a more talented roster. They've already won in New York and they played pretty bad that game. Honestly, they didn't score for the last five minutes or something and they still held on to win if you remember that Julius Randle missed free throw game so we know they can do it Sabonis just punks this team because his post moves just destroy their young guys and are too quick for their old guys so I think they have enough avenues to get it done 
they just have to actually do it because like we saw the first time right they could not get enough runs to do it they missed the free throws when they had the chance and then late they had the lead and they just let marcus morris walk all over him so two close games with the knicks this year um they just they have to be better uh especially with the wing play i think that's been their downfall against this knicks team to the credit of the knicks they've shut those guys down but um they have to be better and i think you know like we saw uh, when the Pacers played the Bucks, like Vic was not as trigger happy as he was in this in this Knicks game, for example. Like he would, the 14 shots is ridiculous. It's way too many for a guy who um, just came back from a long injury. And we were saying Adam specifically was all over the, you know, if you're gonna play him um, in these weird times in rotation, you have you like play him in the right spots, but that's too many shots. Well, against the Bucks, when they finally were able to to get a win on national TV, he took seven and made five. Right, that's exactly what you want. Um, so seeing that two of 14, like that's not going to happen again. He's got his legs under him a little more. They had the whole break. So I think the Pacers come back. They have Vic where they want him. No minutes restriction. He's, he's figuring out the throttle. Uh, I think they're going to win. I don't know how close it'll be. The Knicks seem to play him tough. They play truly. They play tough. They're a young team that scraps, but I think the Pacers win this one. Uh, let's say one Oh five 98 or something like that. Pretty low scoring. Like most of these Knicks games. So Good way to, to jump out into the second half of the season. And speaking of uh, second half, uh, the stretch run of the season, I guess, whatever you want to call the post-All-Star break stretch. Uh, speaking of the post-All-Star break stretch, I want to talk about some important games coming up. So let's talk about the schedule the rest of the way. So the Pacers are in an interesting spot uh, as the sixth seed because we talked and talked and talked about, okay, Vicks can come back and they're going to be this close to the two seed and they can jump up to home court if they do this, this, and that. And, that was great, but then they had this three and seven stretch over the last ten and lost six games in a row, and now they've fallen far enough where getting to the two seed is very hard. They are as close to the eight seed as the two seed right now. They're eight games away from both, so that's probably not going to happen. Now, home court's not impossible. The four seed Heat are three games ahead. The three seed Celtics are three and a half games ahead of that. So that's really hard, but that's doable. You'd have to play really well over the stretch run. That's doable, but that's hard. So I think for them to get home court, you're looking at the four seed and you're looking at Miami. So I think important games the rest of the way are against the two teams in front of them, the 76ers and the Heat, so they can try to leapfrog those teams. So just looking at the schedule, right, they do play the 76ers one more time. It's in Philly on March 14th. And you know what's great about that game? They play the 10th of March. Then they have three days off. They play that game in Philly and then three days off again. So really... That game is in a perfect time for them to really prepare for it, really hunker down, and try to get an important win. And I think that's going to be something to monitor. Um, something else about that game and all these games I want to to mention really quickly. It's been kind of brought up recently. Uh, I've seen on Twitter and in Pacers circles. And by Pacers circles, I mean like media people I chat with, not like the team uh, in this instance. But um, people have been saying, oh, maybe they should maybe they should prefer the six seed to the five seed. So you don't play the Bucks in the second round. And that logic makes sense to me. I, I've even said it to people. Yep, sure. I'm all about that. That only is contingent on one thing to me, and that is who your first-round opponent is. Because like we talked about on the mailbag uh, yesterday, two days ago, uh, I think they match up not very well with the Celtics, but I think they match up okay with the Heat and Raptors. So if you think like you're going from a 30% chance of winning in the first round to 15 by getting a harder opponent by being the six seed, you wouldn't want that. You'd prefer to play a team... That you have a higher percent chance of winning and then lose to the Bucks, right? You'd rather you'd rather lose to the Bucks than lose in the first round if that percent difference is significant. So to me, if you think you can avoid Boston, and that's just my team that I think they match up poorly with, 
then you go for the five and just say, screw it, we'd rather lose to the Bucks and make it to the second round. But yeah, that is a consideration, right? If Boston gets up to the two seed and you're playing the Heat or Raptors either way, yeah, maybe you t- maybe you don't really care about getting the five seed. You'd rather be the six and just avoid the Bucks. But I digress. I think obviously you prefer four of any of them so you can host the first round series and really go for the win. Uh, and the Heat are another team that they're the other team that they're chasing. Obviously, they play the Heat on the twentieth, first night of a back to back, very important game. I I find it extremely unlikely that Vic does not play in that game, especially if he rounds into form by then. So that'll be a big one because Pacers are down 0-2 in the, in the head-to-head with the Heat. If they want to catch him in the tiebreaker, they have to win that game because they do play again. They have four meetings, uh, that last one being at the tail end uh, of their season. It's their fifth-to-last game on April 7th. So really important they win that one in March, put some pressure on that game, make it important. They have to uh, try to get a win there. Uh, some other big games they close with the Wizards, which – I know that. Why is that a big game? Well, the Wizards uh, are probably going to be tanking by then. You might not see Bradley Beal in that game. You might not see whoever. I can. I don't even know what other veterans that are good that they have. Ish Schmidt. You might not see Ian Mahinmi. Uh, I don't know. They, their veterans aren't good enough to sit besides Beal. But they might not be trying to win that game, which is good. If the Pacers want to control their destiny for a seed and they're playing a tanking team, that's awesome. Right before that, they host the Magic and Spurs, two below 500 teams. So if they need to control their destiny for the last three, that's a pretty favorable way to do it in fact their april schedule uh actually after they after they're done with the la trip uh right which ends on april 1st the rest of their schedule isn't super overwhelming for the last month so they could if they if they get themselves within striking distance going into the last month that'd be a, a huge thing for them uh they also play the celtics twice down the stretch run of the season once the second night of the back-to-back right after they play the heat in april that'll be a Potentially a big game if the Celtics really falter. The Pacers could get up to three. I highly doubt it. That's a seven and a half game difference to make up in 30 games. That's very hard to do. It's not impossible, but it's very hard to do. So those games will be something to monitor. Although, again, I highly doubt it. But I think they're important to watch games because that could be the Pacers' first-round opponent. In fact, if I had to put odds on it right now, I think that's the Pacers' most likely first-round opponent would be Boston. So those games will be um, important to watch, see how the Pacers can do against a team they might play, A, in the first round, and B, uh, in the important series. So uh, other than that, there really isn't any, like, massively more than other games important. You know, they play in Toronto again. They can tie that season series, but they're not going to catch them. Um, they have one more. They have this. This is kind of bizarre. So they have this weird road trip uh, where they go to Cleveland, to San Antonio, to Milwaukee, to Chicago, to Dallas, and then back home. Uh, and they play every other day. So that's, like, weird. It's not West Coasty, but it's far, It's still far from home. It's very strange. And their other road trip is the um, the California one where they go Kings, Clippers, Lakers. But uh, that one's not a big deal. They're in the same time zone the whole time and stuff like that. But that, that bouncing around one might be a little tougher than the teams indicate just because they're going to be flipping around so many times. But we'll see. Uh, thankfully, they play one home game and then a big time off after that. Um, so their schedule's not too bad the rest of the way. It's like... Probably a little, I think if you had to grade it, you'd say it's a little on the harder side than it is the easy side, but it's not overwhelming. And if they set themselves up well at the end, like I said, they could uh, close well, just given the schedule they have. Uh, but really focus again on those Heat games, on those Sixers games. And depending on what matchup you want in the first round, maybe focus on what team you'd want to play and how the Pacers can set themselves up to play that team. So yeah, it's basketball time. It's back. I'm excited to watch. Uh, the see what the rotation looks like with Vic in full swing. You know, we've seen McDermott's minutes drop a little bit. Maybe that 
we'll see how that shakes out. See if Goga even plays. See how many minutes all these guys get. I'm really excited. It's going to be fun to see the Pacers take on the Knicks. We'll talk about it all on Monday. They play Portland on Sunday. So, of course, we'll talk about that as well. Is it Portland Sunday? I hope I got that right. Oh, it's Toronto. I'm stupid. They play uh, Portland next Thursday. They play Toronto Sunday. We'll talk about that as well. So get excited for next week's weekly show. We'll be back on a regular schedule then. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's show. Hope you had a fun all-star break, and we will see you next week.